Well, what a pleasure it is to welcome back to What's Next. Uh, no stranger to the program um, and uh, an organization I watch with great interest is Hilton Kellner, who is the CEO at Discovery Bank. Those of you who don't know Hilton, I've known Hilton for a long, long time. He's, he's an actuary, he's a business builder, he's the chief executive officer of Discovery Bank, as I said, and he's really been part of Discovery's ecosystem so since 1996. I hope I've got that uh, date right, uh, Hilton, and he's been serving in all sorts of different positions. So if there's anybody that knows Discovery backwards, it's Hilton. And uh, my first uh, dealings with Hilton were long ago was uh, in the marketing side. Uh, but I mean, it, it's, ama it's amazing since 2006 how many positions at Discovery you've held. I don't think there's anybody that knows Discovery as well as you do. Uh, thanks, Aki. Uh, I've been uh, I've been around a long time, and uh, but it's been brilliant, and I've been able to experience virtually every part of the business, and uh, and the bank is, is is a really exciting part of the business right now. Well, it is. It absolutely is, and I'm I'm just loving what you guys are doing with the bank, and uh, and congratulations, by the way. I I see that you win you're winning all sorts of accolades, um, and most recently you've won. The, the 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 best digital bank in the in the my broadband category at, uh, at at the my broadband awards best digital bank and when you consider how many banks are digital in fact every bank at the moment is digital and doing all sorts of digital things that's a, that's an amazing accolade to win and uh, it 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 really uh, echoes and and is built on all the innovation that you guys are doing at Discovery Bank so congratulations on that prestigious award. Thanks, Aki, and and it is. It's. I mean, I think it, it's a reflection of what we're trying to build, which is which is the most innovative digital bank, and we're building it with our clients to a large extent. It's a full service bank, and we're responding quickly to to their needs. And I think that that's reflective in in kind of the whole experience and the whole ecosystem that we're building out. So so the the engagement levels are great. The, the hopefully the kind of the user experience for our clients are, is is really good. And, you know, I think that's what's being recognized. So, so we're really pleased. Well, that's awesome. Well, well done. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving, you know, data and analytics and algorithms and analyzing stuff just is the one thing that really fascinates me. And uh, it's something that Discovery has been doing a long time. And, and it's something that uh, Discovery Bank is doing on steroids. And I was fascinated by the recent research that was done uh, called the Spend Trend 23 uh, that you guys did. And, you know, you, you showed all the different spending levels and it's been quite interesting just to see us where we are economic and economically and where we are and what we're doing as a country and obviously there are concerns i mean inflation is pretty high but uh, you, you you gathered some very interesting insights from this information and i just want to start off by by covering that that, that research and uh, what were the things that stood out for you and um, and 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 why why did you guys actually do this uh, particular research so so let's kick off with that and let's kick off with the spend trend 20 23 report what makes this data so important in the context of what I've just uh, said so I think that there are a lot of there are a lot of economic indicators that that are quoted and and that, that float around um, but I think where we uniquely positioned is is essentially um, at the sort of epicenter of the economy in a sense where we can see exactly what what our clients are spending on and uh, and it, it puts us in, in quite a unique uh, position in a sense to be able to to use the data that we have 
to inform our products, and we do that. And so, you know, as we've observed people uh, traveling a lot more post-COVID, we've invested in travel platforms and fast track through the, the airport and the lounge um, at, at the South African air, um, airport. So, so we really gain a lot of insights from that for our own product development. Um, we also use the data to, to, to give feedback to our clients on how they can save money and how they can improve their financial position. But the, the power of this report is, I think, to, to give real context to the kind of narrative that we often find out there, which, which tends to be very high level, um, often, often um, based on, 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 on kind of economic indicators and indi economic trends that are not really reflective of the, the kind of the, the person on the street. Whereas the data that we hold in the bank really does really does give us a unique insight into how much people are spending so you know you you spoke about inflation we can we can see exactly how much they're spending um what they spend on so the different categories that they that they're spending on and then how they actually spend so the, the kinds of the kinds of trends are they are they spending in store are they spending online and and as a result of that we we quite you know we're uniquely positioned to 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 i think give context to how we are really tracking as as a nation um, and as a as an economy and that's what spend trend 2023 does is it gives a kind of a retrospective analysis over the last four years to understand what's happened pre-covid then during COVID, then post-covid in terms of the spending patterns of south africans and then on the back of that to to try and interpret and and, and look to what are the trends going to be for for this year and that's what uh, that's what we've done so we partnered with visa who have probably the largest global spend database on which to to uh, to to base um, these kinds of insights and and we've 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 uh, we've brought that together with our our data set which gives really kind of detailed information um, on individual spending the transactions family kind of composition demographics and uh, and the two together um, are quite complementary and, and have given we think some really unique insights for for South Africans No, absolutely. And, and you're spot on about the travel. I mean, it, it's, you know, you actually struggle to find air tickets now. And I know you've got your platform and you offer great deals on travel. And I can just see the queues at the airport and, and people's faces who don't bank with Discovery and that, that have to use the normal queue as opposed to the express queue. So I, I love the time that you save travelers uh, when they arrive at the airport and you've got that express queue at OR Tambo. It's, it's, it's great. But you, you touched on Visa and the partnership that you have with Visa. And of course, Visa has been around for a while. They understand data. They understand what their consumers are. You mentioned that the 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 the, the different attributes that you bring to the table, what Visa brings to the table. Apart from the data, what else do you, does Visa bring to the table? Why did you specifically choose Visa to compile this report? So, so Visa is our our banking partner in uh, in South Africa, and uh, and, okay. and, they, and they're the biggest globally. So it was a natural it was a natural kind of uh, a natural fit um, for us. And they, you know, I think that they they've got unique insights into. The, the kind of spending trends and payments trends globally as a, as a result of that. So they, they really were the perfect partner for us. And we think that the, you know, the, the report that's been produced um, does, uh, does, does reflect that. So, so some really kind of interesting insights, as you say, around travel in particular. You know, the travel, the, uh, the, the queues are long and, and people are traveling um, or spending more on travel than, than pre-COVID. 
Uh, but that's really a result of you know the cost of travel increasing quite substantially over over the last couple of years. We've had significant um, air fuel inflation, and and uh, and the capacity in the system has has reduced as a result of uh, of the impact of COVID on, on on some of the airlines. So so you know by our estimation, there actually are about 130,000 less seats per week in on domestic travel available. So the the, the sort of the the, the need to try and get the best deal on uh, on flights and get access to flights is uh, is important for consumers and and as you say you know that's something that that we've uh, that we've identified as a real need for uh, for our clients who would otherwise really be exposed to to significant uh, uh, price inflation on uh, on airline tickets No, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. And of course, uh, you know, as you said, Visa's been around for a long time. They've got a, a huge uh, historical database of, of, you know, previous events. But we've certainly been thrown many curveballs, uh, you know, over the last three years. You know, we, we've had the pandemic. We know the effect that we've had, that the pandemic has had on, on us all globally and the supply chain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you touched on airfares. And of course, that's uh, largely attributed to the, the shortage of, of energy. Energy resulting from the war that's happening uh, between the Ukraine and Russia, and, and I guess all of these curveballs create uh, quite a bit of, of of strain on global economies and travel, as you mentioned, the price of fuel. But let's touch on the pandemic, and of course, this has also led to you know food inflation, which is a big issue for many people. But the pandemic had a really big impact and effect on consumer spending, as has been documented in your report. How has the overall consumer spending recovered since the lockdown? Because I'm looking at supermarkets, um, you know, food is up, but I see that things have almost are almost back to normal. Yeah, so that's our sense as well, and that's what's reflected in uh, in the report is that is that when you look um, sort of through the cycle from pre-COVID 2019 to post-COVID 2022, um, we see about a 22% increase in uh, in sort of overall average spend. Um, per, per per client or per card across uh, across across the, the the sort of the uh, South African landscape, and so so over that period, essentially we are back to kind of in real terms the uh, the, the pre-COVID levels of, of spend in the economy or the spend levels of, of uh, consumers have uh, have rebounded fully, and uh, and and that's what we that's what we're seeing in uh, in the report. So so spend on average in 2022 was 22% up relative to, to 2019. Um, and that's, you know, that's up across the board. So, so whether you're looking at groceries, which are the, the biggest spend area mm. for, uh, for, for consumers or, or travel um, or eating out, they're all, they're all up quite substantially. Um, and that's a good reflection of kind of economic activity returning to, returning to normal. Yeah, I found that uh, that statistic fascinating, Hilton. I mean, the the trend in your report is you talk now about the groceries and how much money we're spending on groceries and how much more money we are spending on groceries. You know, over twenty percent. And I'm trying to work out whether we're eating more, whether we're eating healthily, uh, healthier, um, and and why this spending spiked during the uh, uh, pandemic and why it remains at such a high level today. And of course. You know, there's also the food inflation that's happening, but yet we seem to be spending more on groceries. What factors are causing this? Is have you got any insight into that from the report? So I think the, I mean, the report, the report speaks mainly to to the actual spend levels itself. Um, but we 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 break down the kind of the trends um, by income 
segment, and that's one of the that's one of the kind of unique aspects of this report, is that uh, it doesn't look at the the market um, holistically as one kind of globular population. Um, it breaks it down uh, by the various kind of uh, socioeconomic categories of, uh, of 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 mass market, mass affluent, everyday affluent, um, and then the high net worth se segment. And and because of the way that that uh, that 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 Credit cards and debit cards are structured. We can uh, we can do that quite do that quite accurately, and we see that, that the people that are most impacted by inflation are are the mass market. Um, at, at a, when we look at, at at food inflation and grocery inflation, um, and that you know I suppose that's that, that highlights what's driven by the fact that they, there's simply less flexibility in smaller baskets. You know, in the the kind of the higher income segments, consumers have yes. much more choice in the sense of the the kind of substitutes and and scope for 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 savings that they want to try and achieve in their basket at lower income segments you know the the kind of the basket sizes are smaller there's less less flexibility and so you tend to be exposed to 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 you know uh, you know core items like the price of bread which has increased 80% over the four years so so those those kinds of things are really what's driving wow. the kind of the underlying inflation that that we're seeing Okay, no, that's interesting. You know, you touched on earlier on the travel industry, and for me, that's that's incredibly fascinating. I've just, you know, been recently traveling internally in South Africa. As I mentioned, you know, the airports are packed. Things are back to normal. Yes, we do have capacity constraints. Uh, we know what's happened in the travel industry in South Africa and how many airlines it, uh, you know, COVID impacted. But, uh, you know, despite the fact that the travel industry, you know, had this loss and has suffered quite quite a bit, it's amazing how it's rebounded, um, despite the fact that there are additional airlines that have come on board and the price of air tickets is relatively high compared to what it was, say, in 2019. Yet people are there, they're traveling, and um, I don't know what it is, cabin fever? People want to get out, people want to travel. You know, it's fascinating to watch how this industry has rebounded in recent times. So have you got a take on that? Yeah, so, so I think that the, the sort of the, the, the term that... that uh that, that I think has been used to describe it is revenge travel, you know, sort of the the kind of the kind of pent up demand yeah. during COVID that uh, that that we now seeing we now seeing play out. Um, but what's interesting and and because we can see where people spend when they travel, we uh, we can we, we we can also we can also sort of break down um, where people are traveling to. So you know, is it international? Is it regional or is it domestic, as you as you've described? And and what's interesting is that in every income segment, we're seeing more domestic travel, more local travel within South Africa than we did uh, pre-COVID. And you know, I think that that sort of reflects um, the the value that people get when they travel within within South Africa. But I think people rediscovered how beautiful our country is and how great it is to travel in South Africa during COVID. And uh, and and so you know, we're seeing we're seeing a a very very strong growth in in domestic travel um and that's a you know that's a really positive positive trend for local tourism yeah it's great and, and also you know when you take into account the cost of fuel 
if you have to use your car to travel somewhere, you know, you take into account the wear and tear on your car, the toll fees, the fuel, etc., etc. I've done the calculation, and in you know, more often than once, it's actually cheaper to take a flight uh, to get to where you're going, and it's and it's faster, obviously, as well. What I found interesting is, and, and we certainly live in a very interesting country, don't we, Hilton? I mean, the challenges that we as South Africans face are so unique to South Africa, yet we, we've got this incredible resilience and this credible energy and positivity around us. But I found that the one around load shedding was fascinating because the, the report found some interesting correlations between eating out and the different stages of load shedding. Uh, what, what, what's going on there? Could you expand on this? So, so this is a fascinating insight, Aki. And, uh, and you know, when we, looked at the, when we looked at the trend around, around restaurants and takeout, and, uh, and, you know, just how, how, how the spend was playing out there, we noticed that towards the end of 2022, there was a kind of a, a mini spike in restaurants and, and, uh, and takeout mm. that, uh, that, that was just beyond the kind of what you would expect for, for, that, uh, for that, time of, that time of the year. Um, and that gets our actuaries and data scientists really excited. So, so as they sort of delved a bit deeper into the, into the, into the data, what they, what they saw was actually the correlation was, was to load shedding stages. And, uh, and, and the, uh, the interesting insight there is that, is that as load shedding um, has increased, um, or as the stage of load shedding increases, we see increased spend in restaurants and takeout. And, uh, at, and I think it, you know, it's probably to be expected in a sense that you anecdotally, you know, if you can't cook at home, you, you might go out or you might order in. Um, but it also reflects, I think, you know, just how well the the restaurants and uh, and 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 takeout um, operators have uh, have acclimatized. You know, they've invested in generators, they've made alternatives, and and uh, and so you know, I think the 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 uh, the, the benefits are, are being reflected there. Hilton, that's absolutely um, uh, th- those insights are absolutely fascinating, and it's it's amazing how. We as South Africans are adapting our lives accordingly based on those load shedding schedules and, uh, and where we eat and how often we eat and what we eat. Now, during the pandemic, um, the other interesting thing was that it really sparked online shopping and uh, it's now become incredibly popular. I, I, I talk to people often and I ask them, you know, when was the first time you started using online shopping? And it was during the pandemic and they haven't looked back and they're spending more now than they've ever before on, 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 on online shopping. And e-commerce certainly is taking off in this country. And it will be interesting to see the future research on e-commerce and what a massive jump we've had in the last two years. But it remains popular. And um, I'm sure that it's, it's increased on the pre-pandemic levels. Uh, we must certainly have seen a massive spike in e-commerce and it's not showing any signs of slowing down, is it? Yeah, so I think the, the, the kind of the, the change in, in, uh, in shopping behavior that we observed during COVID was extreme. You know, there was this massive shift online um, as people didn't want to go into stores. And, uh, and, and so, you know, that, that was driven at the time by kind of, I suppose, health risks and, and concerns. Um, we, we immediately after COVID saw an interesting phenomenon where there was a return to stores and, uh, and you know, people wanted to go back. And uh, get out of their, I suppose, get out of their homes. But but what we what we observed over the last year is that that behaviour that was entrenched during COVID, where people became comfortable with online shopping, and they became, you know, the the, the level of trust um, was uh, was established during COVID. That's enabled online online platforms 
to really grow and uh, and to 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 emerge as a, as as a kind of a strong channel for uh, for all kinds of retail and and so you know I think the 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 peaks of online shopping that we saw in COVID are sort of the levels that we now find to be the norm on uh, from a, a shopping perspective um, and what's interesting is that 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 tends to change though by day of week so so what the the report shows actually is that people tend to shop more online earlier on in the week so sort of Monday Tuesday Wednesday their preference is around online shopping and the second you get close to the weekend so Friday Saturday that's where people tend to go into the stores and so what we're seeing is that that the kind of the the shopping preference now is often is often driven by convenience factor and so kind of social social factors mm, uh, mm. you know when you're at the office it's easier to just order something online and have it delivered to you on the weekend where you've got time um, and uh, and you're much more relaxed. People like to go into the stores, and we see we see that playing out. So so it talks to it talks to kind of I suppose a, a maturation of online shopping, um, and uh, and it's sort of uh, being driven now by by convenience and trust um, and efficiency for uh, for customers. What an absolutely fascinating report. I, I love this stuff. As, as I can hear you as well, just love this kind of data. When you look at that data and you look ahead as the CEO of Discovery Bank and you, you're kind of trying to plan scenarios and look at what's going to happen, and especially from your actuarial uh, point of view, are there any trends that Discovery Bank expects for 2023 and beyond based on this data? Is it likely to change significantly or are we likely to uh, you know, see this stabilize without huge surprises? And I guess that also depends on what happens from a geopolitical point of view globally. But you know, based on where we are today, what, what is your outlook going forward on this data? So, so we think that there, there are a few kind of clear trends that, that do that do that do come through. So the the first is just the continuous growth in travel, and in particular, uh, we think domestic travel, which is particularly attractive both for for local South Africans and and for international tourists, and uh, and and that positions us very 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 well. Um, the second is this continued move online, where where we see the kind of the trend towards um, online spend uh, continuing as people become. Uh, more comfortable with it, and we saw online being really sort of strong in the 31 to 40 year old age band. And as more people sort of uh, uh, come into that space, uh, we expect to see the continued strong trend to 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 online online spend. Um, and then, then the third is probably an interesting one as well for you um, in the context of of digitalization and and what's new in the sense that we see we see much more digital payments and contactless payments. And uh, and we think that you know that technology is really going to come to the forefront this year, and that that talks to a much less or much more cashless society, um, as uh, as sort of digital payments become the, the norm and become much more prevalent, um, and and we think for a digital bank, that uh, that's particularly exciting. Sure, that's so interesting. I mean, I, I know you guys were the first to introduce products like Apple Pay, for example. Do you have any stats, more or less? What percentage of the payments that your customers make at Discovery Bank are, you know, digital in terms of, you know, using uh, these kind of apps to tap and go instead of using a physical card? Do you, do you have those kind of numbers in terms of the total transactions that take place on a monthly basis? Yeah. So I think in terms of in terms of point of sale, um, we've seen significant growth in in contactless. Now it's it's about it's it's over sixty percent of uh, of of uh, of of our point wow. of sale transactions, 
um, are, are sort of in digital wallets. Um, but I think what's also interesting is that we have over 60% of our payments, EFT payments, are real-time in the bank. And, uh, you know, that's, that, that, that sort of talks to people using, using digital payments in, in place of cash and, uh, and just how easy it is to make a kind of real-time payment now. And, you know, as we brought the cost of that down, we've seen the take-up and usage increase significantly. Now, that's astonishing. Hilton, just a final question. I mean, uh, you know, just backing up on your, on your award and congratulations again, there's a tremendous amount of innovation that's gone into the bank. And I've been watching the, the changes since you took over as CEO. And, and you know, certainly the, the bank, and I was at the launch of the bank, and it's been extraordinary to see from the day of the bank was launched to where the bank is today and how much you guys are innovating. What kind of innovation can we expect to see from the bank over the next few months, over the next year or so? Uh, what exciting stuff are you working on? And I know that you often can't tell us about that, but uh, the innovation curve is quite astonishing at Discovery Bank. Yeah, so, so I, can't, I can't speak about the kind of the next few months or the next year, but what I can tell you is in the next week, we've got probably one of our most exciting um, product releases in the history of discovery that's going into the, into the bank and that's our new active rewards platform which goes live and uh, and so you know this weekend actually um, all of our discovery bank clients will be able to access our active rewards programs um, in the kind of the newest form uh, that uh, that we're about to take live um, and that goes live this uh, this Saturday um, so if you're a discovery bank client then you can open your discovery bank app and you'll see these three rings that, uh, that, that reward you for physical activity, for driving well, for spending your money um, through, the, through the bank and you'll be able to play a completely kind of personalized uh, game board that, uh, that rewards your, your kind of your, your positive behaviors in these areas and it's all going to be in the bank much more valuable than ever before and that's, uh, that's something we're really excited about. That is so cool. It's almost, uh, well, you're, you're adding that gamification, which is, which is great, but to be able to see those uh, important indicators as a customer, to see exactly how you're doing and, and capitalize on the rewards is, is great. Does this happen in real time or is it almost in real time? No, it's pretty much real time. You'll, you, you know, as you exercise, um, you'll see that coming through. After every drive, you can see, you can see how well you did. Did you, you, know, did you drive well? Um, and every time you spend, you'll actually see that transaction sort of uh, taking you a little bit closer to, to, closing, to closing your spend ring every week. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I look forward to, uh, to, to watching that over the weekend. I'll be uh, playing around with it and I'll give you that, that feedback. Uh, congratulations once again, Hilton. And uh, thank you very, very much for your time. And thanks for sharing those interesting uh, trends that you and Visa did with that research paper entitled Spend Trend 23. And what a fascinating impact uh, to this economy, to the global economy. And I, I'd be interested to, in the future when we chat again if there's comparisons to the rest of the world uh, in terms of our spending patterns and what we spend on food and travel, if they correlate together with this latest data. But uh, we'll leave that for another time. But Hilton, thank you so much for your time. I'm Hilton Kellner, CEO at Discovery Bank, chatting to us on What's Next. Thanks, Aki.